A vague disclaimer is no one's friend. This podcast will look at episodes in relation to Buffy and Angel as a whole, and therefore contains spoilers for the entirety of both series. If you haven't seen all of Buffy the Vampire Slayer and Angel the series, go and watch them before you listen to this. Remember, you've been warned. The hardest thing in this world is to live in it. That's why there's us, champions. We live as though the world were as it should be, to show it what it can be. The Earth is definitely doomed. It's Tuesday, so it must be time to return to the Hellmouth. We're going through the Buffyverse episode by episode and a look back at Joss Whedon's iconic shows. I'm MC, and I'm here with... It's Andy. It's David. And I'm Logan. Uh, this week, we are talking about Doppelgangland, which is episode 16 of season three. It originally aired February 23rd, 1999, and was written and directed by Joss Whedon himself. And that's some. I always forget that Joss Whedon Me wrote too. and directed this yeah. one. Like, I mean, it it makes sense. Like, actually, when you watch the episode, it's like Joss's fingerprints are all over this thing. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but I'm always just used to him doing, like, the landmark episodes, so. Well, this is, I suspect this is going to be one of the few episodes of recent times where we're not going to have lots of problems with it. So I think that's a landmark. (laughs) Uh, This is also a strange episode in that this is like one of the only sequel episodes that they have. Mm -hmm. Like, I mean, certainly Buffy has ongoing plots, but the wish was a one shot kind of self-contained thing. And this is a direct sequel to that. And it's a one shot self-contained thing. Mm -hmm. So, well, I would. It it does, I mean, it does bring Anya back. It does bring Anya back, but... Which will become a thing. Well, I mean, like, both The Wish and this do have nods to the ongoing plots of the season, the series, but the main storyline is basically its own thing, so... Mm-hmm. true. So, yeah, these two episodes are together and this one they made a sequel to it just because joss really enjoyed vamp willow so (laughs) who doesn't yeah Yeah. i've actually always had a theory that joss kind of had a thing for Allie back in the day but she wasn't into him well Uh, i can totally see that well who doesn't (laughs) she's not my taste fine but that doesn't mean she's not someone else's taste so You know, David's like, I don't care. Yeah. She's mine. True, true, true. Sarah <laughs> Michelle Gellar is way more my taste. So we start out this episode with the first appearance of DeHoffrin in yes. the series. Yep. Yep. I love DeHoffrin. He's so... Oh, DeHoffrin's great. He'll get better, actually. Here here he's kind of just... A dude. He's there to be there. Uh, he, he starts to get interesting when we get to something blue. Yeah. 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 Interestingly... He does get a name in the credits. Yes. I, I suspect they may have thought we might bring this guy back. Well, they often name a lot of the demons, even mm-hmm. if we don't hear it on screen. So I yeah. think this, I mean, I don't know how much they knew. They they probably at this point knew that they were going to bring Anya back for the prom, but I don't know if they knew if they were going to bring her back for season four yet. Mm-hmm. So this was probably just Anya needs to be talking to some like demony dude. So I don't mm-hmm. know. Based on the dialogue in this episode, I think Joss and the writing staff were already in love with Emma Caulfield. 
Because they give her some really funny lines and stuff to do. And mm-hmm. I don't know. I, I thought, I, I can't tell you for sure, but I speculate that they, they kind of were thinking about bringing her on as a cast member. Because why wouldn't she? She's hilarious. Yeah, as far as Emma's concerned, yeah, I, I'm on board with that. Um, just because they give her some depth and they give her... Uh, and it's and it's weird because her personality changes, in my opinion, pretty oh, drastically. Yeah, definitely. They give her that snarky, scooby but in a pissed way yeah. attitude. And as far as the Hoffman's concerned, it feels like he's, and he also gets a pretty dramatic attitude shift. So I, I, I don't know. I feel like they were planning for him to be a one-off and maybe Emma's or rather Anya's character arc as an ex demon, not be much of a, a plot point, but it just wound up being that way. It's just it, both of these characters who we see again and maybe we weren't that nobody was planning on them being back do have such huge character changes. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, of course, also uh, Andy Umberg, a- Andy Umberger, Umberger, yeah, 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 is is one of Joss's guys. Oh yeah, like he's the hat trick, right? <laughs> he's one of the first hat. I believe he is one of the hat tricks. Yes, he's in I Fall to Pieces, right? Uh, on he's Angel, in this, and then he's in. Um, He's on Firefly. He's on Fire. Isn't he one of the Hands of Blue? No, I think he's just a random. I think he's in the very first episode. I'd have to check. Are you checking? I am checking. How did people do podcasts before we had computers? Oh yeah, you're right. Yeah, they didn't. Um, <laughs> they researched. They were called radio shows, <laughs> and um, <laughs> before we had the internet, we didn't have podcasts. <laughs> Yeah, he he's he's the captain of one of the um the alliance's ships. So in the in the pilot episode. So he is one of the hat tricks. So I think Joss is one of the, I mean now he has more than and people did more than three things, but he was one of the original hat tricks. So yeah. 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 Him and Carlos Jackot and uh the guy that plays the guy. Yeah, I know who you're talking about. Jonathan, uh, Jonathan Woodward. Woodward. So speaking of De Hoffren, mm. Does he have like a like a pied a terre on the mortal plane that he just hangs out in, or does Anya still know how to get to mystical realms? <laughs> well, we do see Anya help Giles summon Beljox's eye. Yeah, yeah. So, mm-hmm. I guess. I guess. I mean, I, I, obviously, she has magic knowledge. So yeah, I guess maybe that's how it works. Okay. And I wonder if, considering her dress, she wasn't doing some sort of ritual to summon him because she's wearing a very dramatic robe. Mm. Yeah. Um, and that's okay. common in some religions. Yeah, that was that was my note from, from the first scene. So, yeah, a lot of the further magic hadn't come up yet. So that's probably why I have that note. I mean, originally I thought, is Emma's acting off in this? But I think it's part of the developing Anya as a character. Mm-hmm. In this, there are some points where they don't seem to be really sure what they want to do with her, Mm -hmm. where it's like Mm -hmm. she's funnier in this one, definitely, than she was in The Wish, but she's still got very much that Wish attitude, and there's a little bit of disconnect for me. I mean, probably because I saw like five seasons of her, like... Being, you know, quintessential Anya. And I, I I do wonder if they didn't continue with that personality because her like eventual relationship with xander would be that sort of antagonistic attitude Mm -hmm. would be too reminiscent of cordelia yeah Mm -hmm. i mean i think 
in in many ways. First of all, I mean, in The Wish, she really doesn't have a character. She's there to be a demon. She's a plot device. She's a plot device. So here she has to actually have a character. And so this is the first time they've brought Anya in as a character. And let's face it, characters often need an episode or two at least to find their feet. Also, I think I think you're you're absolutely right. Not just because of the Cordelia thing, but for her to be with Xander for any length of time, they would she would have to soften to some extent. I mean, she never fully softens, obviously. But well, you have to make it a different relationship. You can't have Mm -hmm. it be exactly sort of like the Cordelia relationship. Oh yeah, there has that's part of it. Yeah. So I think she sort of is way more there by the prom episode. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. because she's intent. She has in like intentions towards Xander, mm-hmm. and I think they maybe realized that if they kept up that attitude, it would be too. It would get boring. I don't know. What we're yeah, I'm actually thinking about it because obviously, not only is she softer, but we don't see her being as lost with um, popular culture mm-hmm. or human culture, just in general, as mm-hmm. she is as she will be in even in the prom mm-hmm. and i am headcanning it as her being so angry in this episode is because she is so focused on getting back her power mm-hmm. and she she's still mentally a demon but mm-hmm, by the right. prom she's kind of given up on that and she is trying to figure out who she is outside of that and so she's a little more lost mm-hmm. She's still focusing, we'll talk about that more in the prom, but she's focusing on all of the stuff she did when she was a demon. And then when she comes back in season four, then we get true Anya, while this is mm-hmm. still leaning more towards Anyanka. Yeah. No, I think I think you're absolutely right, is that right here she's still, I want to get back to where I was. And by the, kind of by the prom, and certainly by season four, she's like, well, that's not happening. So I need to actually develop a, a, a life. I don't like this life, but I better figure out what's going on or else I'm really screwed. Right. And then from an inside perspective in the episodes, but I think from an outside perspective, they were like, oh, my God, Emma's really funny. We oh, need that to too. give her something to, you know what I mean? Because she's really such a a comedian like mm-hmm. Emma oh, yeah. Caulfield is really oh, so adept yeah. at that off kilter comedy that I think they and sometimes when you meet a person though they may not be exactly like their character you see something in them that you want to develop mm-hmm. like offset or off yeah you know on breaks Emma was super funny or did some you know or the way she talked so one thing I, I love about this scene is how Anya goes I'm failing math because, <laughs> as we know, one of her yeah. defining characteristics in from here oh, on yeah. is that she is obsessed with money and is really good with money. <laughs> so yeah. it's like, like she's no good at math, but when it comes to money, all of a sudden her math skills bloom. I love it. Okay, <laughs> I mean, like, isn't that like a trick they teach some people? It's like the yeah. dollar sign in front of numbers and all of a sudden they make sense. I, I, I have no idea because I was always good at math, so <laughs> I never needed that. But yeah, I could see that. There is a difference between high school, college, math, uh, algebra, geometry, trig, all that stuff. Then there is it really being good at balancing a budget, being a good mm-hmm. bookkeeper. Because I can write a budget and I can stay out, you know, I do all that stuff. But I cannot do the simplest of algebra problems. 
So there's like a difference in trig and business bookkeeping. Mm-hmm. Oh, come on. Quadratic equations are easy. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, Anya declares that she's going to get her powers back no matter what. And we move on to the next scene, which is Willow and Buffy. And Buffy is working out and Willow is just doing magic casually out in the open. Yeah, really. <laughs> and just like, what? Uh. If there's anywhere to do it, I guess it'd be Sunnydale. As a child of and someone that worked in a flower shop for her entire youth, I have to say, hey. I was going to ask about that. shops is not near. Is that actually a thing? I don't know, but my mom Because I just went, I have never heard this. (laughs) I've never heard this. I think it's hilarious, and I want to send that clip to my mother and be like, see? See? That's why we're all crazy. I don't know. I mean, I've heard it in a, a couple of different times and seen a lot of assassins like using being a florist as a cover, but <laughs> it is on. Is that maybe because it the... is on a psychological test? Last time really? I got a neuropsych exam, one of the testing things they do with your whatever, mm-hmm. a lot about plants, a lot about that. And I'm like, I can't remember which test it is. It's like one of the really famous ones that I can't bring up right. And I was like, should I pick flowers or should I not pick flowers? I'm going to pick not flowers because I didn't actually become a florist and wasn't all that interested. So, you know. I think maybe that's because, like, bakeries, it's a good way to, like, clean money. Because st- the stock itself is just sort of, like, overturning concrete. Oh, you mean laundering money? Hmm. Yeah, I meant cleaning money as far as, I mean, yeah. laundering, yeah. Cleaning, <laughs> laundering. Well, I thought we were doing Same. that through an art gallery. <laughs> Yes, we Joyce are, and Spike. Yeah. Joyce, Joyce and Spike are doing that. Listeners, we still need that fanfic. Thank you. I am a little... Um, how do I put this? I'm not sure how I feel about Buffy's attitude in this opening scene. It's like, a little weird. Like, her wanting to beat Faith in these cancel tests, it mm-hmm. seems... I, f- I find a little bit of a disconnect between that and the way Buffy was with Faith in the last episodes. Like, I don't understand why she's being competitive with her. It's not a contest. They're trying to figure out if Faith is sane or not. Yeah, no, I don't <laughs> I don't really get that. Also, the Watcher's Council has a shrink? I bet he sucks. <laughs> yes. <laughs> bet he's not really busy. <laughs> yeah. He should be, but he's not. <laughs> Buffy does say, you know, she talks about all this competition, but at the end, she does acknowledge that Faith has it rough. She says, you know, yeah. Faith had it mm-hmm. rough. So I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. And also Sanity Fair. Great, great. Sanity Fair is a great line. <laughs> Sanity Fair is a great line. And, um, oh, geez, the pencil. Oh, the pencil, Willow. Like they were just setting up right from the beginning that you were going to go evil. I mean, well, I mean, it's like this whole scene is basically how unself-aware Willow is. And actually, like this whole episode will kind of continue that. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, at one point she she is like, hey, this isn't, you know, magic ain't nothing to fuck with. But and who has emotional control at 17? My question is, why don't y'all use that with a larger, also sharp wooden thing and just slay vampires that way. Very good point. The Willow does slay vampires with a pencil in an upcoming episode. <laughs> and they're yes. setting that up right here. So that is a good yeah. payoff. Mm-hmm. But I mean, here is the thing. Like just saying, it's like, yes, teens don't have emotional control, 
But that was more than just not having emotional control. Like, not even talking about vampires, that could have killed anybody. Mm -hmm. And also, it's like, leaving aside the emotional control, I mean, obviously, they're talking about faith. Willow's going to get emotional. I mean, we know that. And, but we also know that Willow's so unself-aware and thinks that she's so calm that she might go, but you're not paying attention to your magic. You're mm-hmm. having this conversation and not even looking at the pencil. And it's like, this is irresponsibility 101. This being 17 101, which actually is kind of sets the stage for how powerful she is just innately. She's not even practicing with intent at this point. She's completely distracted mm-hmm. and and talking to Buffy and she's still like exhibiting scary powerful pencil magic mm-hmm. so I hadn't even thought of that until what you just said David mm-hmm. well and I think <clears throat> that Dark Willow storyline was supposed to come earlier than it, it did was, it was and it was supposed to be, be Oz that died but yeah, Seth left well, the show and they introduced Tara so this was supposed to be Earlier, because I think they didn't know if UPN was picking them up yet when they finished, yeah, you know. Buffy know. was supposed to be five seasons long. They, it, it was supposed to be five seasons long. The Doc character was a replacement for Dark Willow. Hmm. Because originally, Glory was still going to get killed, and then Dark Willow was going to be the one to bleed uh, Dawn. Oh. And because, then the show yeah. would have cool. yeah. ended with Buffy dying and Willow coming back. So I don't know if they would have had like the yellow crayon speech going over Buffy's death, which would have actually been kind of amazing. Mm. So they are peppering it, it in just, at this point. Because, they are yeah, peppering it in at this point. That in, but but mm. this is one of the first times we've really seen Willow like doing magic because mm-hmm. and confidently doing magic. Yeah, because we've we've seen mm-hmm. like some like brief scenes of ritual, but this is like just. Flat out magic, and in this episode, we see her do a spell. It wasn't a sexy spell, um, <laughs> but hey, I know now that like Disney's buying everything. If Disney buys up the Buffy franchise, if they haven't gone, I haven't. I don't know who owns Buffy at this point, but it's like brothers. Okay, no, so I yeah, okay, it was Fox. so 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 great. So we combine this. this so Buffy becomes part of the Marvel universe, and she's a mutant. No, Buffy is the mutant because she's part of the Summers family. Well, she's, she's, um, well, yes. <laughs> Which also means she has serious, serious issues. <laughs> but, but Willow could be a mutant. Willow is the Scarlet Witch. Oh, you're right. It is Fox. Oh, it's it Fox? Is Fox. Huh. Oh, then Disney does own them now. Oh. Uh-oh. Yeah, well. <laughs> I thought so. So, uh, in the next scene, we get just a little brief appearance from our favorite principal snyder yes i love this scene because i love snyder showing disdain for a student who is not buffy yeah (laughs) (laughs) he hates him yeah yeah. he really does because i mean like the thing is he likes what percy can do for the school but he hates percy and And, you know that's good reason people like percy shoved him into lockers when he was a kid for sure and and speaking of Characters that are just plot devices, that's Percy all over. Like, yeah, Percy, Percy this, here yeah. will be an asshole, and there yeah. will be a transformation by the end of the episode, because that's what we need. And then Percy, again, later it exists to make Willow feel insignificant. Yeah, yeah, well, yeah. that's that's. His, Though, his, I have a soft spot in my heart for Percy. 
<laughs> do you? I do. Like, because he's just like one of these really, really random characters who isn't in a lot of episodes. But the few times we do see him, I like him. <laughs> like, there's just something about him. Like, okay, like, I know he makes Willow feel bad in season four, but I think he low-key has a thing for her. Mm. Yeah. I can see that. Like, if it, like, especially when we see him in graduation day, if mm-hmm. Willow hadn't been with Oz, he might have asked her out. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. He, like me, likes women who can I was just going to say, yeah. That. It's like, oh, Willow can beat me up. I like that. Beat him up while wearing leather. Well, yeah. <laughs> And they're going to mention it in the next scene. Willow's going to say something about Snyder's nostril work. And I do have to call out that Armin has the best (laughs) nostril work in the history of television. Because he does. Yes. Like, I think they wrote that because Armin does so much cool stuff with his face. That's probably something that Josh noticed. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so, like, I like to, you know, it's in the line isn't until the next scene. But if you watch the scene, you're like, yep, that's excellent nostril work there, Armin. So, and we so, get a call back to the swim team. Yes, yes, <laughs> rare callback. <laughs> and I had I had a friend whose job it was to make sure the athletes stayed at their GPA in college. Mm. So, like, it mm-hmm. happens. That so um, many of them got like so much extra tutoring. They literally mm-hmm. would have a person standing over them to make sure they got their grades at the level they needed to be at. Mm-hmm. So they didn't flunk out. Like, yeah. So my friend Bob, Brian, who was a grad student at the time. Um, was like the humanities guy and i was just like where some of us needed help with stuff and didn't get free tutoring because we were in the acting profession and not the team who sucked our team oh, sucked dude. anyway but you're not bitter dude i'm gonna i'm gonna throw in some defense here considering the time commitment most collegiate sports require when the fuck would they ever have time to study and do homework but your school didn't have like a like a like an on site. We had tutoring some tutoring, free, like but it wasn't library. like someone standing over you and basically practically writing your paper. And neither do theater majors. Theater majors have very little time, and our GPA requirement was a whole extra GPA point up. So they had to maintain a C average, and we had to maintain a B average to be able to stay on stage. Piss me off. Okay, rant over. Okay, so Did they expect you just to be rant smarter. Over. Before we started this episode, we were all talking about how much we love this episode and how this is just a really fun episode to watch. I actually do have one complaint about this episode, and it's getting to the point where it's appropriate to bring up the basic conceit of this episode, where it's Willow thinks she's boring, mm-hmm. actually comes out of fucking nowhere. Yeah. Be- um, does it? Yes, because the problem is people are taking advantage of her and treating her like a doormat, but the whole boring thing actually does not kind of mesh with that. If Willow had been pissed off by people taking advantage of her, that I would have understood a little bit more, but then all of a sudden she's like, I'm going to change my look or do whatever, and it's like, that's not <laughs> what people were... That's that's not what the issue was. See, I, I, I well, my, my argument against that would be, I think all this stuff with Faith and the things you see in the prior episodes, specifically Bad Girls, is kind of what's prompting this feeling of inadequacy and like boring and and taken advantage of. And, and maybe she's just not realizing. And to it. be honest, I I have to I, I admit it. For many, it may be a subtle difference, but I don't think Willow thinks she's boring. I think Willow thinks she's predictable, which is not not the same thing. 
Well, it's the only problem with that is Willow said several times in this episode, you think I'm boring. Mm -hmm. uh, so that does seem to be like the whole thing. And mm. then when she sees vampire Willow, she realizes that it's good just being plain old Willow. So it's, 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 it's not a huge thing. It's not a deal breaker in terms of the mm -hmm. episode, mm -hmm. but it's our job to point out flaws and like for for me it's i point out flaws in the writing and so i just think that this there was just a little tiny i, I would have made a change i guess i guess I, I guess the way i'm interpreting it is they play up the boringness thing to emphasize at the end that yeah being regular willow is fine but I think, but but that it's not just being regular Willow is fine. Being regular Willow is pretty fucking awesome. Right, but I don't think she, and, and like the big character arc of Willow is that she doesn't actually believe it about herself. And I think that speaks a lot to her own self-image issues and things like that because that's what drives her to get further and further into her addiction to magic. You can be pretty awesome and still have self-esteem issues. Oh, for sure, but she doesn't see that. Well, I, I, yeah, no, I mean... I think she sees it more by the end of the episode because she sees how badly things could go <laughs> or by by yeah. her lights, at least. I think Willow is projecting boring onto this predictable thing mm -hmm. because of her weird. I'm so great. I'm so bad thing. She has like real mm -hmm. unstable self-esteem. It's just not bad self-esteem because sometimes inflated self-esteem, which is fine. Mm -hmm. I do that, too. So like the boring thing maybe is more. Her projection mm -hmm. of how she sometimes sees herself. So I, I don't know. I mean, I can, I can say some from personal experiences. Like I will often like think things about myself that are clearly not true, but are emphases of other things. Well, all I'm saying <clears throat> is that what starts it off is that Snyder kind of bullies her into mm -hmm. uh, tutoring Percy, and then Percy kind of steamrollers her into saying that you're going to do my work for you. And just mm -hmm. kind of all of that. And then we get, you know, the scene of like j her immediately doing what Giles says. So it was kind of building up to uh, Willow being treated like a doormat. And that mm -hmm. ends up being the bookend on it where you have that vampire Willow actually does sort things out with Percy. So she's no longer being treated as a doormat. But that does not really mesh with the whole boring thing for me. It's, it seemed like there was a scene missing for me. Fair point. Hmm. This is this is essentially the Buffy version of that Star Trek episode where Which one? We're, the one where Kirk gets split into two Kirks was it the enemy within. I thought the Buffy version of that was uh, the replacement. Oh, the replacement, yeah. Well, the replacement specifically references it, but I think thematically this works. See, I actually went more with uh, again the, the mirror mirror because it. Yeah, except except in Mirror Mirror they don't interact. Okay, fair enough. I mean, I mean, I mean, <laughs> great, I mean, though. we we I mean, like we could break this down for an hour. It's yeah. you know, but but I mean, but I think them just thematically, yeah. that's the you know, I I think because I the way I'm looking at it right now, and maybe if I thought about it further, it would be, but it's like okay, you have the two quote unquote sides of Willow, and we learn that there has to be a middle ground even though they don't actually merge at the end like Kirk does. Like, Willow, I think, certainly gains confidence 
from the knowledge of the existence of a vampire Willow. And Willow's problem isn't that she's dependable, because dependable is not a bad thing. It's good to be dependable. It's that she has, she doesn't know how to say no to people. So a Mm -hmm. lot of the things that are her complaints and she's like, oh, I'm just dependable is, did you record this? Did you, you know, she, uh, you can't say no to Snyder. So I get that. He's just (laughs) going to bully you. But some of the other things like Giles sort of runs over her and she's willing to do that. It's Giles. There's a good reason. But some of the other stuff that like Buffy and Xander and all that stuff, it's because she can't, she doesn't know how to say, you know, Xander, record your own fucking show. Like, stop it. Mm-hmm. Like, I am not your keeper. I am not that for you. And that's a very Willow thing that it's also very much a, a younger woman with a, like, kind of low and unstable self-esteem. And also definitely <laughs> uh, something that makes a lot of sense given recent events. And ironically, she later doesn't know how to listen when people say no to her. Yeah. Mm-hmm. True. Very true. So we do get Faith uh, coming in with Wesley after having done her test. And oh my God, Wesley's so funny. I love Wesley. Uh, no, God. But I mean, this this is kind of, again, back to like the previous episodes, how they kind of served as kind of just lead-ins to this. But the way Faith is being treated is also a little jarring considering where we left mm-hmm. things in the last oh, yeah. episode. So, Nothing has changed. Yeah, they they really did not know how to make those two episodes kind of work with with us. So, but that leads into a scene of the mayor and Faith together. Which I love is this one scene. Of my favorites. Yeah, I love this scene, and I love how he doesn't overtly shut down. I mean, he does overtly shut down her trying to sexualize herself again. Yeah, mm-hmm. but it's just one little line. He's like, "No, no, we don't do that here." And moves on, and I think that's one of the anchors on why Faith ends up trusting him and working for him, is just that very subtle, we're, I'm a family and we're not going to do that. Oh yeah, no, definitely, because I mean, mm-hmm. like as much as we love Giles, even Giles kind of gave in to the Faith sexualizing herself and, you mm-hmm. know, making her seem sexually available to him. Like, I mean, like, not that I'm saying that Giles would take her up on it, oh, but no. he was getting all, like, weird and blushy when she was, like... Right, he didn't know how to him. deal with her doing it, so he didn't address mm-hmm. it and say, Faith, no, that's not what's happening right. here. Mm-hmm. Uh, don't do Yeah, that. meanwhile, the, the the mayor immediately becomes a father figure to her. He does, and he shows her that her worth to him is not centered on what her worth to so many other people has been, which is her sexuality... Um, the sexuality that's forced upon her, which is unique for her. Um, I mean, obviously, you know, a lot of the scoobs weren't like, hey, let's do the thing. And I'm, But you know, they took who she was at face value. And I'm not saying the mayor wanted her for anything other than the fact that she was, like, evil and superpowered. But I could argue that. I mean, I, I, I think he originally was like, great, the Slayer's going to double agent for me. I'm going to use her because she's super... And I, but I think he starts really caring about her and loving hmm. her. So oh, quickly. absolutely! God, yes. so quickly. <laughs> yeah, and who are you? the The video is that he leaves her is sad and touching. Mm-hmm. I know Just, it's weird and it's a that's toxic relationship, but she doesn't know anything but toxic. So this is less toxic for her. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? She's but she's, well, that's the thing. I I don't know that this relationship is so much toxic as simply evil. 
Well, yes, yeah. it is evil. <laughs> no, but and, and 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 I think there is a difference because they're 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 coming together to do evil. But the relationship between the two of them is not actually bad or toxic or terrible. In fact, I mean, what, the, what I've been thinking ever since I watched this is we know Faith is always, like, sexualized. She's a tough girl. She's, yeah. And here, she's jumping on the bed. She's seven years old in this scene. Except for that one bit where she comes on to the mayor. But she, other than she's that... She's happy to have a video game system. Yeah. Yeah. She is, she is actually a kid. And, we fr- and for the yeah. first time... I mean, we've always known that that was behind the, the toughness and everything. But here we get to see it for the first time. Yeah. Where she lets herself be that kid. And he allows her to do it. Exactly. Not allowing, like, I'm allowing you. But in, no, like, no, no. Cool, you're excited about this. Don't jump on the bed, young lady. But I got you an Xbox or a PlayStation. And I, mm-hmm. you know, and, and that is a beautiful apartment. It really I is. want that apartment. That mm-hmm. apartment is so sweet. Oh, yeah, it's a nice apartment. And then, I mean, the thing is, he's, he's probably the first person who has ever taken a parental role with her. Definitely, definitely. This scene does have one of my favorite exchanges in this episode. And it's, <laughs> there are immoral liaisons going on there. And it's like, yeah, plus all this screw, all this. <laughs> <laughs> that is a good one. Which, which again is like, like a total kid response. Yeah. Even and like, okay, maybe kids don't know about screwing, but, but it's like just that kind of almost innocent <laughs> response to immoral things going on. It's just like, Oh, yeah, and the screwing. (laughs) (laughs) And then we go back to Willow, and she sees Scott Evil, a.k.a. Oz. In the iconic (laughs) pink sweater. I was going to actually bring that up, that Buffy, as much as I love this show as a costumer, it does not have very many iconic outfits. Like, you have Spike has an iconic outfit. And you could say, like, the Prophecy Girl outfit. That's iconic. Mm-hmm. Maybe a couple of the costumes from Once More with Feeling. Her but, her red pants with the when Angel bites her is really iconic. But, like, for cosplay, it can be really, really hard to do Buffy the Vampire Slayer because they wear clothes. Right. <laughs> and they but, were very on-trend for the time clothes. Yeah. But this outfit is so iconic. It's like if you see somebody wearing this, it's like they're they're Willow. Mm. It, and I'm pretty sure you could get that sweater. You can. No, you can now, get it so. at um, Hot Topic. Hot Topic. Yeah, there was a hot. Oh, I meant I meant just as a general. Oh yeah, oh for sure. Coming yeah. back around, mm-hmm. not the actual. You replication. can get a replication. I they were sold out when I went to look for it, and then I realized, you know what? It's an iconic outfit, but it's actually kind of an ugly outfit. It, it it's, it's hideous. hideous, and it's, I think it's that's on purpose. But I was like, I, I, when are you going to wear a pink fuzzy sweater? It, that would look terrible on you, Andy. Um, I'm going to wear, but it, it works for as Willow. a cosplay costume because I would like to dress oh, yeah. as Willow. I would dress as regular Willow during the day and then vamp Willow at night. The you vamp know? Willow costume is iconic too. Yeah. Well, pff, yeah. <laughs> And you know what? So is Dark Willow's outfit as well, in my opinion. Mm. With the black jacket and the dark jeans and the dark hair. Why are <laughs> why are all with so many of the iconic outfits from this 
series. Because Willow has that odd dress sense, you know what I mean? That sort of elevated little girl kind of thing. Well, I think it's because the outfits that we mentioned, they're like, they're extra characters of Willow. And I mean, even like this outfit, this is like the most, it's like, what's the most stereotypical Willow thing? And I think the costumers (laughs) were like, let's make this extra Willowy. I do love in this scene, there's something about you that's causing you to hug about you that's causing me to hug you. I love that line. Yes. And then the radical interpretation of the text. Yeah, because Oz is just like, does not understand. It's like, you think I'm boring. It's like, where the heck did that come from? Yeah. And they're very jossy lines, too. Yeah. Which yeah. Seth always delivers really well. And yeah. of course, the one thing, other thing about the sweater is it gives us the wonderful line, I'm all fuzzy. Yes, that's true. <laughs> Uh, and the, the scene moves on to Willow and Percy, and Percy's a complete jackass to her. Oh, but yeah. That's his that's point. His point. That's who yeah. is yes. plot and he'll, he'll he'll become better. Willow ends up meeting with Anya for the first time, and this really establishes the Willow and Anya relationship. Because, I mean, you think about it, they don't get along for a very long time. Mm-hmm. And this episode really right. explains that. Like, I mean, I think certainly mm. part of it is Willow's territorialness with Xander. Because even when she's gay, she's still very territorial over Xander. Mm-hmm. But even more than that, this episode, I think I wouldn't be too keen to hang out with Anya if Anya did to me what she does to Willow. That makes sense. No. Yeah. But then no. Willow starts talking about, oh, the black arts, dark mojo. And I'm oh, like, God. you really have no yeah. idea. I, yeah, I think she's just trying to be like, like oh, I'm badass. I'm asserting myself. <laughs> well, no, she, she's like, well, the thing is, she's like, I'm boring. I'm dependable. Blah. No one really wants me for anything real. And then like someone comes to her and says, hey, let's do black arts. And she's like, oh, that's something I can do. Cool. The, black the blackest arts. arts. <laughs> I can do the blackest arts. <laughs> so it's 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 part of it is a, I mean, part of there are other things going on, but. Part of it is a reaction to how she's feeling in that moment. Uh, no, I'm call I'm calling it out. She's doing it because she's Willow, and Willow never needs an yep. excuse to do the black. Oh, arts. that too. Yep. Well, that's the thing. I mean, when when they do when things go horribly wrong, I, I mean, I actually wrote down the quote: "Magic is dangerous, Anya. It's not to be toyed with." I'm like, <laughs> who the fuck are you, Willow? I'm like, I don't think Dark Willow toys with magic. I think she uses it very skillfully. <laughs> All of that skin. All of that skin. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but but I, that's the thing. It's like, but but throughout, like, as I, as I said before, it's like this episode, amongst other things, is all about Willow's complete lack of responsibility and unawareness <laughs> about it. I also think that along with our Giles gets knocked out counter and our unfortunate sexual assault counter, <laughs> I think this is the first entry in our count of Willow's magic fucks up and causes the main problem of the episode. Mm. Well, I mean, Anya has something to do with it, too. Like, No, actually, because if you're looking at it, Willow gets scared, Willow's hand starts to shake, and Willow shakes the sand onto her rather than the... Mm -hmm. I mean, Anya did start it, but Willow is the one who actually fucked Mm -hmm. up. Well, I mean, she makes a bobble with her hand because she's nervous, so I'm not like... Yes, Willow's magic does fuck things up. But she didn't well, know the sand through the hand. And- yeah, I mean, and also she she has just gotten blasted with the entire knowledge of the Wish universe. 
And she's been lied to about what spell they're right. casting. Like, like but, there's a lot going on there. But here's why you don't do a spell without actually knowing, like, the full, well, yeah. like, extent oh, for of sure. what it'll do. Mm-hmm. Or you don't do, you mean, like, don't do magic with strangers. Yeah. Very good point. <laughs> Was that a, did somebody come to your school to teach you about that? Yeah. And I have to say, I, I, you know, I am often down on the way the magic works in the Buffy universe because it makes no goddamn sense. This actually makes sense because the fact of the matter is Anya is trying to get her amulet back Mm -hmm. and the amulet was destroyed in the wish universe. Exactly. Yeah. So they are literally trying to pull something from that universe, but they get Willow instead of the amulet and they get Willow before she dies. Anya says it'll pull it from the time and place where it was taken and Willow, vampire Willow was killed very close to the time that the Giles amulet destroys, was actually yeah. destroyed. So it was very, yeah. you know, yeah. similar. And, you know, the sand passes through Willow's hands, so it pulls up Vampire Willow. No, I mean, the right. magic is sound, but all yep. I'm saying is that don't do a spell you don't know oh, yeah. how, how to do it. Don't do magic with people that you don't really know. <laughs> and, again, <laughs> emotional control, because she gets freaked out, her hand shakes, yep. and she messes up the spell. So... So yeah, mm-hmm. I am putting it on Willow just because also I want to start this counter because it's going to rack up the points over the All right, years. you keep a document going. of. <sighs> but yes, we get Vampire Willow turning up in the warehouse, which I think they made a mistake in that they, the, the, because it was a factory, right? The factory mm-hmm. should have looked a little different than the one from... Yeah. It should have been like producing teddy bears or something. <laughs> <laughs> well, I kind of assumed that the factory has been abandoned since. I did too. Since like the beginning of season two. But I like the teddy bear idea. Well, I mean, it's like... is it, it, it? I mean, they never say that it's Spike and Drew's factory. It's just a factory. It is just a factory in Sunnydale. Well, there is a cage there. For the teddy bears. <laughs> oh, right. So they yeah. don't run away and. But I mean, here's the thing: there was a cage in the Wish First because they needed to hold people in it. So I'm I'm saying that the factory should have looked completely different from the Wish First factory because the ma- uh, not the mayor, the master had not been in there making it into a factory to farm humans. Right. Well, there's no factory machinery. It's just the outline of a factory, and the, my my when seeing the cage basically brought me back to the death of the annoying one. So I was thinking <laughs> that's where that is in the regular Buffy universe. But also that factory is burnt out because Giles like set it on fire. Oh, that's right. Okay. Yep, they screwed up. Uh, um... <laughs> I'm trying to give them credit, but no, they won't let me. And we Can't see Vampire it. Willow uh, walking the streets of Sunnydale and it's completely different from the Wishers. And this is exactly done from... The wish that when we see Cordelia walk in the streets, seeing Mm -hmm. how different Sunnydale is there. Very Mm -hmm. nice bookends. I love the Sunnydale street set. I just have to shout that out. It's a great set. Mm -hmm. I kind of, I want to live in a town that looks like that, but does not have vampires and shit in it. It's great with the movie. I, I just, I just love that set. I, I do. Yeah, the marquee of the movie theater. Sorry, sorry you can't have that without the vampires. It's No, just I do live in a town that looks like that. Well, I mean, it's not in Southern California, but that's kind of what my oh, hometown cute. looks like. I, it also and are you saying thinking... you don't have vampires? 
Um, I didn't say that. Totally <laughs> reminiscent of um the Back to the Future Street, you know? Yeah. Well, there's a, a kind of a reference yes. point, and so I just I just think the set design for it is really neat. Well, it's it's very much small town. Everything is located on one strip. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. kind of what the town is. Except for the university, which is enormous, and, and somewhere a beach, else. and an airport, and <laughs> you know everything they need. Yeah, one of these days, someone has to try and make a map of Sunnydale using all the information we've been given, and see if it's even possible. There might, <laughs> there might be one out there. I'll have to. It probably I'll, exists. Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if it's been done. Map of Sunnydale, California. Just type it into Google, and you'll <laughs> find it. Yeah, I'll link yeah. to one of them. Yeah, and it and looks I, like people have made something fairly consistent and so i also might as well do it here i i want to give kudos to Allie because the playing of regular willow and vampire willow like two characters could not be more different <laughs> while being the same person and i think she does i think she does just i think she just does a great job of differentiating the two characters i mean she just plays two entirely different roles essentially mm-hmm. and i think it helps that this is kind of comedy because I I, mm-hmm. I in the wish I did say something about like I'm not feeling Allie's acting all the time in this one there was a stiltedness and I think mm. she she was able to play something different and they are completely different characters they do both I noticed this in this episode their little girl voices because sometimes Willow gets that little girl voice and mm-hmm. sometimes she doesn't oh God, yeah. they play it up so much in this episode so even though they're totally different characters they have a sort of vocal thing mm-hmm. going on and they both mm-hmm. use that little girl voice to their advantage in many places. I think yeah. for Vampire yeah. Willow it's sort of this put on and for Willow she does it for different reasons and right. I, so I thought that was really oh, interesting. Oh, it's still and a I, put on though. Yeah, oh, it's a put on. It's a total put on for both of them for various yeah. reasons. I also think they made adjustments to the costume. Uh, I would also like to shout out just Joss and for mm-hmm. that because the Wish was not directed or written by Joss. It was Marty and David Greenwald. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that Joss doing this episode helped out with Vamp Willow. And direction. Yes. More solid well, direction. Bo- yeah. Both of them. Both uh, writing both. and direction. I yeah. think that yeah. it made them both very distinct characters. And <clears throat> so many people think about The Wish in terms of Vamp Willow, but actually... Most of the things people associate with Vamp Willow actually come from this episode. Yeah. Yeah, and it's just Allie's physical acting is, and of course her posture change could be helped by a little corset, but she just, the way she carries herself is so particular. And, and I know she had such a good run on Himyum, but um, I, I just wish she had a more flourishing career so we could get a more fleshed out idea of her range or kind of and i think they did i think they did modify the costume in a good way like the the waist is a lot more nipped in and the the top is a little <laughs> so i'm sorry i'm pointing at my boobs right now listeners and and he's just, just making boob boob mess gestures it's uh, you know what i mean like there's a subtle i mean it's the same costume but they, they've made some like good changes to make it a better fit that's mm-hmm. what i noticed well i mean i I think they would have had to. Yeah. I mean, because as as much as, you know, we think of Vamp Willow in The Wish, she's not 
the main character. No, she's just in that. There. Whereas here, she is in this episode a lot in that costume, both as Vampire Willow and not Vampire Willow. And so I wouldn't be surprised if Allie was like, you know, if you want to make this episode, you're going to have to make that costume more comfortable. One question I do have when Vampire Willow gets jumped, what was the mayor doing in the Wishverse? Don't know. Maybe he wasn't there in the Wishverse. Maybe well, he I was mean, what? chased out by the mayor in the Wishverse. By the master? Yeah. The master. Oh. Anyways, <laughs> I, I, I just this. thought that would... You know, listeners, fanfic opportunity, write about what the mayor was doing in the wish first, because I think it could have been either really good for him or really bad. Vamp Willow goes to the bronze and beats the mm-hmm. crap out of Percy, which is Yay! Funny, <laughs> and meets up with Sander. And um I this I I actually kinda like Xander in this episode. Sand I have no issue yeah, with Xander. Except fun. for the whole thing with did you record my thing? I don't Yeah, have- yeah any issues with Xander. He's okay. And I mean, like, that's not even a huge thing, because, I mean, like, Buffy was asking, too. Yeah. Yeah. But Buffy does basically tell Xander to shut up, which is like, you have been listening to our podcast. Good. (laughs) But, yeah, I mean, like, when he thinks, you know, quote-unquote, Willow is making a move on him, he immediately, like, shuts it down. Oh, yeah. Like, what are you doing? It's like, we've talked about this. (laughs) Yeah. Hands in new places. my my favorite part of this, though, is when she realizes that he's not a vampire and she just goes, you're alive. And she says it like it's the worst insult yeah, possible. Sure. It's like that is just a wonderful line reading. And I love that it's um, following her saying, Xander, you're alive, because she had just. Seen yeah, no, exactly. You're alive. And then she's no, like, you're alive. You're alive. <laughs> <laughs> Oh. And, yeah, and shout out to one of my very favorite 90s bands, Kay's Choice. I was obsessed with Kay's Choice. Yes. I still have that album on CD. That's one of the most recognizable bands that you get on Buffy besides, like, yeah. Amy Mann, I think. Uh, and and it, so I'm a huge fan of Kay's Choice. And I, it's a really good performance. I believe, don't quote me on this, but I believe they actually performed that. Uh, maybe. They, I think they performed Virgin State of Mind actually there. Um, or at least they recorded a live version for the mm. show because that's not the album version. That isn't the album version, so that's pretty cool. Yeah, I love Kay's Choice. I'm actually planning on, after recording this, like doing some reading, and I think I'm going to throw some Kay's Choice on because I have that CD. It, it is, I have to find a CD player. That's the problem. <laughs> I don't have a CD player. But I, I do love Kay's Choice. So, yay, mm-hmm. shout out to them. And uh, then the gang thinks Willow is dead. And has been turned into a vampire, and just the scene of them mourning is. We do get the little <laughs> tiny scene, which I love, when Willow used his very innocent persona, and the whole "Who do you work for? Who do you work for?" scene, which I think is right before the gang in the library. Oh yes, yeah. I love that scene. Just it's very short. Mm-hmm. It's so fun, and that Vampire Willow is just like, the breaking of the fingers is just like, ah. Anyway, so yes, the library. But the gang thinks Willow is dead, and then real Willow comes in. And Xander shaking the cross to see if it works is the funniest (laughs) thing that has ever been done with a cross, except for Fred using it as a metal detector. And I, and I, I love the way this scene plays, because in actuality, if this was a serious episode, they would be a lot more trauma. You know what I mean? Like 
it's a fine balance because you can't have them go into mm-hmm. this super depressive state and wailing and weeping, which is probably what they would really be doing. Right. But it's a nice, just as a really nice job with the tone where they're upset mm-hmm. and they have a more shocked reaction. And then mm-hmm. she comes in because, yeah, because finding out Willow is dead would be a much bigger thing, but they have to balance that with the yeah. comedy. And, and I think, I think it, it and I think it still works on oh, sort of a reality level because because yes they'd be sad and mourning but I think at this point they'd just be in shock. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, so yeah, so that sure. they are just sitting there numb works perfectly and I think would work even if it was a more serious episode. Well, and it just tonally it really works and I applaud Joss. Yeah. 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 Uh and Giles' line tempers it even further. <laughs> Much better than he Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, and Willow's acknowledgement of all of the people who die in Sunnydale, where she's like, who died? Oh no, who died? <laughs> <laughs> and I love how Giles just, like, they finish hugging her, and she's like, okay guys, and Giles just goes yes. in and like, grabs her, and it's really, yeah. You know, Willow I mean, at that's... that time period would be like, oh, I gotta hug from Giles. <laughs> oh yeah. I mean, honestly, like, the, I, I her face. Thinking about. God, Allie's face right yeah. then. so horrified. As, as Giles is incredible. But you know, bit and of the humor. great thing about, I mean, this, and I think this is true of the series overall with Giles, is that we know Giles has a part as big as all outdoors, but he's still a watcher. He's still English. Yeah, so he's British not going to express that. <laughs> and the show is really good about not letting him do that kind of expression until it's the just the exact right time. Mm-hmm. They 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 limit it. Yeah, and I think that works incredibly well for his character just throughout the series. Mm-hmm. So then we go back to the bronze with Anya, and I believe this is the first mention of the bronze serving alcohol. I think it is. And yeah. also, I like the bartender. Yep. <laughs> I do. <laughs> yeah. And Oz and Angel interacting, um, this scene and a couple others make me really wish that they had developed an actual friendship between Oz mm-hmm. and Angel, because I like them yeah. together. Yeah, they're really good here. And Angel's character in this this episode is so much more palatable. And I think it's because they're working mm-hmm. towards him, him getting his own show. You, you see more of Angel, the series, Angel characterization than you would. Because the, you know, you're looking for Buffy, when am I not, or whatever he says. Um, I counted up how many chords I could play on the ukulele. Because <laughs> he's like, you know, some bands know a whole seven chords. I'm like, how many chords do I know? And I came up with a good 18 or 19. So, you Yay. know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, sometimes ukulele chords are way easier. And I love, you know. I love I love, Devin's response, though. It's like... Fruity jazz bands. Oh, no. That's fruity jazz stuff. It's like... <laughs> <laughs> okay. I low-key love Devin. I low-key I love always Devin, have. too. I, me, too. And there's a there's a deleted yes. scene here, a deleted bit, right? Oh my bit, god, right? and I'm really That's sorry. That's a really good definite. It. The deleted uh, bit mm-hmm. is that Devin asks Angel, um, hey man, how would you like to be our roadie? And Angel says, <laughs> less than you'd think. <laughs> less than you'd think. <laughs> <laughs> Which is really good to cut it, because it's like, why are you cutting Angel being funny? <sighs> I can only assume it was for time reasons, but it was a mistake. (laughs) I know. And let's shout out Seth Green's beautiful face acting. Because when he sees Vamp Willow, just his expression 
is just so horrified. Oh. He, he's not allowed to like process the whole, oh my God, Willow has been killed. He, he just plays it on his face and it's, you know, mm-hmm. get Buffy. So good. It reminds me of, and I honestly, I'm so bad at the timeline. We can cut this. Um, I just need it for edification. Um, when I can't even remember the episode, but they're all, there's a spell or something in Willow's. I think it's choices. Taken, it's like three Wesley, episodes from now. Right. It reminds me of his immediate, like, okay, I'm going to solve by this destroying problem the spell quickly. I love yeah. that scene. That's yeah. Oh, yes. Uh-huh. Yep. And in this scene, we get introduction to a minor character but one who actually plays a lot like a big role in things and that is sandy the random chick at the bronze that willow bites and presumably turns because sandy is and they've admitted that yes that they are the same character she's the vampire that riley hires to suck his blood same actress? Interesting. Same actress, same character. Oh my mm-hmm. god. Oh wow. I never That's realized that. Crazy. Interesting. Because they don't show the show them tu- show her tu- they don't, turning. They don't show her being turned, but it is the same actress, and she is in the credits of those episodes as Sandy as well. Interesting. Never knew that. Which begs a sort of technical question. How quickly can vampires drain someone? Because that was like two well, seconds. Well, you've also got to think harmony in graduation day she was very quickly bitten but we didn't see her being changed over so Mm -hmm. we don't know how much blood needs to be taken i mean i assume the heart needs to stop maybe one of the vampire guys like decided to like turn and maybe it wasn't vampire willow who turned sandy yeah i was was one of the henchmen while the whole stuff at the library was happening yeah. Yeah. Basically, basically, that. one of those guys going, "Well, oh, she's kind of cute. I could use a girlfriend." Yeah. 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 I mean, well, <laughs> but yeah, probably that that is that is not <laughs> unexpected for this show in its horribleness. Yeah. I mean, that's that's a level of horrible we should be used to by now, yeah. unfortunately. And uh, Willow finds out about Vamp Willow from the others, and is the mistress of pain every night. <laughs> Boom! Thousand fanfics yeah. right there. <laughs> Oh, yeah. Mm. I wrote about half of them. (laughs) (laughs) I like Angel's whole bit with Willow, like the Willow is dead. Hi, Willow. Super funny. But I am. It is so funny. David Boreanaz has great timing, but I'm calling Mm. you out. Why is Angel out of breath? Because, you know, Uh, they literally address the breathing thing like in this episode. But she says, I guess. Vampires don't have to breathe. No reason why he should be out of breath, but maybe that clears up the whether or not they can question we've been batting around Mm. for, you know, 50 some odd episodes. So what you're saying is they can and sometimes they're stupid enough to do so when they really shouldn't. (laughs) Right. I mean, they have to have some control over that breath because they smoke cigarettes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I mean, we've addressed it before, but I'm just I'm calling it out just because... It's it's he's very obviously pounding, and that's yeah. that's a fucking choice. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, maybe maybe in this case it's a panic reaction. I think it's just inconsistency. Yeah. Oh, it, oh, it's really inconsistency. There's no question about that. But in universe, maybe because I mean, because Willow turning into a vampire is pretty. <laughs> that's a big deal. Yeah. 
but we separate Willow from the group because she's going to get the the tranquilizer gun and Vamp Willow comes to see her and I have to call them out. I'm I'm not call them out, shout them out for the <laughs> really nice uh visual work to get the two willows in the same scene. Mm-hmm. They, I oh, it's it's it, nicely done. They did it. They they did the composite very well because it's not like they're just like looking at each other from two sides of the room so that they could easily stitch together. They're mm-hmm. standing like very close to each other. Well, at some point one of them standing directly behind the yeah. other. I mean, it's mm-hmm. yeah, it's really well done. And it begs the question: Why they put they put so much effort into it? But the later scene in a later episode where. The mayor's head gets cleaved in two. That was a previous episode, yes. but yeah. Previous episode, that was, that was the last episode. Um, <laughs> I know what time it is, okay? I know what day it mm-hmm. is. I don't. Um, but, uh, and it, it looked so wonky because he's so frozen for so long because it's however they had mm-hmm. to do. I'm like, why would y'all, that was a pivotal thing. It was just as pivotal as this. Why spend so much time on this if you're not going to do it? consistently throughout the series i mean i think Mm. i think it's done really well for 1999 you look at it now and there's a few Mm. little Mm. focus issue but for 1999 it's really 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 good no it it looks it looks quite (laughs) it looks really Mm. good it actually holds up pretty well yeah but willow tranks vamp willow and then the gang comes back and they lock her in the cage and everything and we get a very iconic line and I think I'm kind of gay. We think you're kind of bi, Willow, but hey. Yeah. So, by the way, yeah. I, should we be keeping a count of how many times people fire a trank gun and actually hit their target? <laughs> it becomes a lot less after Oz leaves the show. Yeah, I so guess we're so. We're already starting to but... wind down on So I that. guess drugs work on vampires? Well, we already knew that. Well, I mean, I guess we already know, but in the future we will know. Because... <laughs> never, never mind. I'm thinking about Orpheus. Uh, okay. Yes. <laughs> but but back to I might be. I think I might be gay. I think you're kind of bi. So is this? Well, yeah. But is at this point, do we think they had decided that this is the way they were going? No, they knew that. Just knew that either Willow or Xander was going to end up being gay, and mm-hmm. he was. Peppering in hints as to to one or the other, both of them. Mm-hmm. But he prepped at in this, hints for both of them. At this point, he had pretty. He was pretty sure that he was going to do the whole Dark Willow storyline with Oz, and it was not until next season that he realized he couldn't mm. do that because Seth Green had way better things to do with his time. <laughs> Arguably, yeah, he was. He has been in some pretty shit movies, but he probably got paid a lot mm. better. Well, yeah, he did, and and he had his own production things he wanted to do too. Because mm-hmm. Robot Chicken, well, I think it, it had starts started, after Buffy. Yeah, yeah. But, uh, yeah. but Angel's comment about um, how oh yes, it actually. I mean, granted, that does like <laughs> answer a lot of things about Willow. That you just know. remember, a vampire's personality has nothing to do with who that person once was. Well, actually. Uh. Oh my god, Angel <laughs> well actually Buffy. Yeah. And that says a lot about Angel's. She I was going to say well, just... that was like, so you're a psychotic mm. rapist, Angel. Right, and I think right. I, I get you know what, maybe we'll get into this another episode, but that mm. thing is inconsistent too. 
Because you have the whole, mm. he's not Angel right now. But Spike obviously takes pieces of the personality he had. He tries to submerge them by being a badass, but they're there. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. There's. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, I mean, the fact, I mean, one thing I, I don't think we've explicitly pointed this out is that, I mean, well, this is my, my thing about life in general. It's like. People say, why do someone, why did someone do this? That doesn't make sense to me. It's like, well, it's a question of what your priorities are. And, <laughs> and I think that the Buffy production team will almost always prioritize a joke over continuity. Yes, <laughs> that is very true. <laughs> yeah. And that's, and that's yeah. exactly what's happening here. And is that this will be inconsistent, but we got a good joke here. Mm. Or so a plot we thread it. we need to get to. The oh, right. Area. Yes. Um, right. But yeah, vampire. I mean, I like that little, it is pointed out and mm-hmm. Angel will actually is Buffy and then, but, but he shuts him up like, we don't, we're not going to talk about this right now. Uh, yeah. Because we don't want to freak Willow out. But yeah. it does mm-hmm. kind of speak to who Willow is in the duality yeah. of her, you know? Mm-hmm. And, and, and they're, and the show's telling us that it's like, you think it's not, but. Well, it, well that's what this episode it, is all about. Yeah. If you look at it, Everything that happened, everything except for the skanky thing, Willow actually like co- goes through on. She's evil and she's gay. Mm-hmm. Though I do have to say this. I mean, I know I already made a joke about her being bi, but the whole scene with Willow and Vamp Willow reminds me a lot of the first um, mirror episode of Deep Space Nine when uh, Kira, as the intendant, was hitting on her other universe self and how nana visitor ended up being like super pissed off when they revisited the mirror universe and they just had her be a flat out lesbian and she's like no i wasn't like playing evil gay i was playing i'm so full of myself i want to fuck myself it reminds me of this um and have y'all ever watched agents of cracked back in cracked's no internet heydays there's a scene based on an article that daniel o'brien wrote about what to do if you are ever faced with your own clone. Oh. You've got two options, and it's fuck or fight. <laughs> Always I can totally, I can Always totally see fun. Dan O'Brien writing that article. <laughs> oh, it's so... It, he did, and the, the way he plays it in the show itself is because, like, Prime Universe O'Brien starts to square up, and Clone O'Brien shakes his head and starts <laughs> loosening his tie. <laughs> um, which is I'm not good at fighting, delightful. so I'm going to go straight to fuck. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Also, I'm super <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Uh, and of course like you cannot have like an evil twin episode and not have willow dress up as evil willow at some point no of course they're gonna have to switch clothes and i know they played it for humor but i i do wish they had played it because the most like iconic way of doing this in my opinion is helena bonham carter as bellatrix lestrange as hermione granger as bellatrix yes Mm. helena bonham that is a she is a, well. Helena Bonham Carter is freaking amazing, anyway. But like, yeah, the way yeah, yeah it's yeah, that was a really good yeah. performance. Of course, with that, I think what they had they did is Emma Watson actually played the role so that uh, Helena Bonham Carter could watch what Emma did so that she could mm. imitate Emma. And in this, <laughs> Allie has to imitate Someone herself. Themselves. Yeah, yes, that is true. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. Um, but. But gosh, look at those. <laughs> it's just, and I love the, yeah. the outfit 
is so iconic, but she does manage to act differently in it. She does, yes. yeah. Yes. And and the little girl Again. voice is in full effect here. Mm-hmm. You know? the little- Again, just a wonderful, wonderful performance by Allie in differentiating the character. In fact, my only real problem is that they don't, and this is, I think, more the way it's written than performance, they don't have real Willow even attempt to act like evil Willow. Oh, no. I mean, like, I mean, she's not so stupid that she doesn't know, she wouldn't know how to, you know, try to come off as evil Willow, and they really make her seem oblivious to this. And and I wish they, and of course, it's all done for humor, and I think that, and, and it's wonderful humor, I kind of wish they found a little more of a balance there. Yeah. Well, I mean, I want to love the tiny wave she gives to Oz because it's fucking adorable. Yeah. But also it's yes. like, Willow, you are the dumbest person in the world. Like, yeah. how is nobody going to see that? Yeah. But literally everybody else And I do love Seth's face is. when he's kind of realizing. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's yeah. so good. It, it mirrors that, like, not being able to process and, you know what I mean? Like, so he... He's got some things going on in his mind about how he can help with this, but like the the the, the face acting on Seth is great. Seth oh, is yeah. a fantastic mm-hmm. actor, and really we go is. we go back to the library and we get Cordelia in a cocktail dress. She's fucking. Oh gorgeous. god, she looks so uh, incredible. Um, and you know she's where, wearing that cocktail dress because she thinks Wesley's going to be there. Well, I mean that's as soon as yes. she comes yes. in, she's like Wesley. That's the only mm. reason why she's there. And I do want to know why Wesley is at the school. Like, he's just randomly walking the halls. And I'm like, nobody else from the Scoobs are there. And he is not affiliated with the school at all. He just happens to be walking the halls. Like, what the fuck? Yeah. I know. on high school girls. A cute story during this, The when Vamp Willow finally gets out and Wesley defends Cordelia from Vamp Willow. Allie apparently was already in love with Alexis, even though they weren't dating at the time. But be- that scene when he's like, you know, pulling out the cross and like making the funny noises, Allie mm-hmm. kept corpsing because she thought what he was doing was so funny. And what Alexis was... does is so funny. I would, yeah. Well, yeah. Yeah, it-, it was so funny and she was just so into him. She just like could not keep in character. <laughs> That's I think adorable. That's so adorable. Okay, just listeners, go look up Alexis and Allie and their family's Halloween costumes. <laughs> they're not as good as Neil Patrick Harris, but they're pretty great. Mm-hmm. They do like family costumes and like it's so cute. Go look it up. They're so cute. Speaking of Halloween costumes, apparently Allie liked the Vamp Willow makeup so much that for Halloween that year, they she had the makeup designers do her up as Vamp Willow for a nice for a costume party. Cool. Must be nice to have your own like special. I know, yeah, right? right? You're back in uh, like, Hey, I know a lot of drag queens, and I'm like, make me look nice today. So mm-hmm. there you go. I actually got yeah. super jealous when uh, watching the solo uh, press tour because Amelia Clark had like really blonde hair and she had done that like for herself. It wasn't for Game of Thrones, but she got the Game of Thrones like hair designers to dye it for her mm. to keep her roots like <sighs> out. And I'm like, fuck, I hate you. Lucky. I have to do mine myself. For sure. At this point, when we get that they know who Willow actually is, 
the episode starts to just kind of become like random fightiness. I mean, it's good random fightiness. It is good random like, fightiness. Yeah. Um, I do like Devin trying to climb up the same way Angel went out. It was just <laughs> this nice little bit of business. But um, even back when I first watched this, I wasn't too sure about the whole Buffy doesn't kill Vampire Willow and they send her back to the other universe. Because, uh, I mean... Just because it's not your universe doesn't mean yeah, that human beings and being And it's murdered. like the audience knows that Vampire Willow yeah. is going to be killed in like two seconds. They don't. My question is, when it comes to... It's the Orbit yes. Yeah. Is that rare? No, they were selling it as paperweights. Okay, Willow can insole vampires. She is capable of doing it. Hmm, I remember that question coming up all of the time back in the mailing list posting board days where people were like, why doesn't Willow just get a bunch of Orbit Thessalas and insole every vampire they come past? And I think the answer is reasons. Um... Well, okay, I will toss out a possible piece of headcanon. Willow's recovering from a concussion when she reinstalls Angel. Maybe she is not, and and she seems taken over by mystical forces. I was just going to say that. Maybe in a not mentally aberrant state, she is not capable of insoling. We'll call you out on that because she reinsoles him in Orpheus, and she specifically said that's much later. She specifically said it was the first spell I ever learned. I'm not going to forget it. But my point is, why not throughout the series? Like you have so many issues with Spike, y'all won't kill him. He can't bite people. Why don't you just like just that give is him a, this, that man. is a really just... good question, and I actually just came up with a headcanon for it. That okay. was like two or three owners of the magic shop ago. Because the magic shop owner got killed mm-hmm. in that episode. Perhaps he had the only like source of orbs of Thessala. Maybe they've become a lot Perhaps. rarer. Like maybe he like ordered like all of the orbs of Thessala that were they were. He worth. cornered the market. <laughs> he cornered on the orbs of Thessala. Yeah, Giles just happened to randomly have one, so I think yeah. maybe they're a lot rarer to get now. If we're going to ignore an Orpheus at this point, and maybe because she's not as powerful, we could argue that the mystical forces that take over Willow are like the powers that be, or in MC's argument, um, Jasmine. Possibly, yeah. I mean, I totally, like, when I did my fanfic series, I totally pulled the let's reinstall a vampire thing, because, mm-hmm. yeah. Do it. It's and also, I think later on in the comics, I believe Drusilla gets her soul back. She gets re-insold. It might I be differently. Really? might be done so. differently, but I think she was re-insold. But then they had to take her soul away because like, it, she was even worse off with her soul. Right. She, she was like, tortured to like, begin with. Um, I do love the scene in tortured. the... Bra- I'm sorry, in the library where Cordy is sat down and you can oh, tell yeah. the way they cut back to it. Like, you and know that Cordy's been talking for like 20 minutes. She's gotten herself a drink and then she's yeah. like sitting there. <laughs> yeah. So, like- so Cordy gets, Cordy gets to work out her issues about the whole Xander Willow thing. That's which I think is great. It's just like, I'm going to process this now because you're in a cage. <laughs> Honestly, it's like, I don't, encourage the imprisonment of people but i do think cordelia was entitled <laughs> i do too and she's just so funny and then wesley's screaming like a scream queen when yes he's, yes yeah that's, that's amazing yes. and i can see and why ali i can't so even enamored. scream because i'm really enamored of Alexa <laughs> off my oh yeah i think yes. he is 
so funny and so cool and so attractive. Um, Apparently he's taken, though. Oh, he is taken. I mean, I can't find yeah. him attractive. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Logan's um, taken and I still find her attractive. You know? Well, yeah, that's true. So I, my question, though, is I know by the time Wesley starts protecting Cordelia, you know, I, Willow... Vamp Willow immediately becomes kind of bored and is like, fuck this, I'm going to go, I'm going to go have some fun. This is getting dull. But she does not react at all to that cross. She doesn't flinch. Because she's Jewish? I was going to just say, oi, have you got the wrong vampire? But I think later someone does bring a cross to her and she does react. I could be remembering this wrong, but I think there is a point where she does. And in this case, she just like nothing. Uh, rule of funny, I think, in this case. I maybe probably <laughs> rule of funny. And also, I really wish they had... I really wish the thing about thing about her being Jewish was canonically relevant. Because, I mean, I, I've brought this up before, but in the Marvel graphic novel Greenberg the Vampire, this is a huge plot point. <laughs> and I remember that, and it's just a great idea. <laughs> I, I think that might get into too much religious... Sim- symbolism for joss i think like the only reason why he used the cross is because it's so iconically a vampire yeah thing, but he <laughs> yeah. he don't like mm-hmm. no religion but he does i mean they do let willow be jewish they do but they don't they unless be- nazis are involved because <laughs> then she just ignores she ignores people talking about nazis all the time and we know this is one of my yeah. pet peeves but anyway, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, so inconsistent, rule of funny, whatever. Yeah. Okay. But yeah, um, so we get, yeah, the scene of Willow being sent, Vampire Willow being sent home, and yeah, I have a problem mm-hmm. with it because they don't know what's going to happen to Vampire Willow. Certainly mm-hmm. we do. We find out that two seconds later she gets dusted and is dusted saying the F word, which was super funny. Um, yeah. But... Like, I super judge the Scoobs for allowing that. Like, I mean, I get I get it to a certain extent from Willow's point of view, but I would think that Buffy would be like, no, that's a vampire. Be like, Willow, leave the room now. I'm going to slay. Or have Angel do it because he's not as, I mean, he's upset about Willow, but he's not. Like, Buffy trying to kill someone that looks like Willow might be really traumatic for her. So get Giles to do it, get Angel to do it, and just make Willow and Buffy leave the room. I was going to bring up Giles, because we know, like, a couple seasons from now, Giles is going to, like, straight up murder a dude. Because he yeah. shares a body with the glory. So I can't... Well, a lot of shit's going to go down between now and then. Fair enough. But... So maybe. But 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 I, I, I certainly could see Angel doing it. Yeah. Because if anyone literally understands that the person you are as a vampire isn't you. I, I don't know how I feel about Xander geeking out about being a badass vampire. I, it doesn't bother me because it doesn't go on for too yeah. long. <laughs> True. It, it just seems like such a weird... I mean, I guess it's because it's an alternate universe and Xander being a comic book fan is like there's an alternate universe in which I'm a badass vampire. That's awesome. Or I think, for, for frankly, it's just like there's an alternate universe where I'm a badass. Yeah. And <laughs> like the fact that it's a van- if if I have to put up with being a vampire to be a badass, <laughs> oh well. <laughs> and I would argue that, you know what? Xander is kind of a badass in this episode. He throws a vamp. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like he's really developed. Yeah. You know, maybe he's yeah. gone to the gym, but like 
Like, there's the scene in the bronze where all the whatever's happening, and he throws a vampire. Like, he's mm-hmm. gotten really good at it. And mm-hmm. it's used selectively, right? Sometimes yeah. they're good. But they, they start to get consistent with the, you know, Xander can handle himself in a fight. He may leave yeah. him back up, but, you know. Mm-hmm. I mean, mainly this is all Allie's episode. Everybody else is just back up. Yeah. Pretty much, yeah. And then we get to the last scene of Buffy and Willow together, and Willow's like, I'm just going to be regular Willow from now on, and everybody can just, you know, walk all over me. But we find out that Vamp Willow actually did do something good because Percy mm-hmm. not only did his homework, he did it twice, and he gives her an apple. And see, this is why I actually like Percy. Like- and it did, he did it twice because he's a moron. <laughs> <laughs> Do you think um, she ate that apple before lunch? Yes. <laughs> yes. Yes. Absolutely. Mm, yeah. I do want to bring up one thing about the fighty scene, though. Willow winds up looking really pretty good after getting a drum kit to the face. Well, because because it's a I mean, it's a Vamp Willow throws her into a fucking drum kit. Yeah. Well, it's because like full force. <laughs> it's because it's a funny episode. You can't have your I know. Stuff I know. Unless but it's, it's a like dramatic episode. But like, not even a cut. It's like, <laughs> why would and it's you like, want to pretty... Allie's pretty face? Is oh, really I don't, I don't, I don't. But it's like, <laughs> it's like she gets. I, I'm pretty sure she gets the side of a symbol to the face, and it's like, yeah, that's. I've, I've cut myself with a symbol before. Uh huh. Um, not from a drum kit, but from marching band, and it hurts like. Oh, okay. Wow. <laughs> it's a unique experience. <laughs> This is why I'm a guitarist. Yeah. yeah, because nothing ever happens to guitarists, you know, like... Right, no, like we, we can just... No, 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 we just lose eyes when strings break. Mm-hmm. But, you know... <laughs> I think it probably is... bludgeon someone to death with a ukulele if you tried oh. really hard. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's... Yeah, but you have to really try. I mean, well, if it's a really expensive solid body, you know, solid wood body, you'd probably be okay. Most of the fiberboard ones that you get for like fifty dollars, nah, and couldn't kill someone with it. Yeah. Oh, I, I've got, I've got a carbon fiber one on the way that you theoretically can like play baseball with. So I'm prepared. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, so final thoughts on Doppelgangland. <laughs> I just really enjoy this episode. It's so much. I mean, I really had to dig for problems, which makes for a really nice change. And also, it, like, I mean, we see a bit of the whole Faith Mayer storyline, but you get to see Faith just letting go and having a nice day for once. For once in her whole life. And it's like, like, they even made it so that the Faith stuff didn't make like insert a whole downer part to this episode yeah i mean she only has two scenes and one -hmm. of them is a great scene where she gets to you know get like a playstation and it's yeah a new apartment a gorgeous new apartment yeah yeah no i mean it's just it's just a delightful episode it's really i mean the acting is really good ali is so on point and it's just so well written. It's 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 Joss writing at its best. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I yeah. I also found we found more things. I think when we all got together to sort of talk about. Yeah. But I originally, I was like, I don't have a lot to say. It's it's zippy. It's fun. It is Joss writing at its best. And in terms mm-hmm. of actor direction, it's Joss at its best because he is more known as an actor director. You know. Yeah. Everybody pulls their weight. Cordy has some great little 
really fun moments. You get mm-hmm. Faith having a happy day. Yeah, it's a great, this is a great episode. Iconic episode of Buffy. And I, I, I love and it. And it's going to be all downhill from here. No, no, no. <laughs> as far, other than, for me, the couple of throwaway bits that I could do with, we've talked about Willow's sexuality and we will continue mm-hmm. to talk about it. Um, and I could do without the skanky line. I don't find this episode terribly problematic, which is no a miracle. How'd, how'd that happen? <laughs> um, <laughs> I know. Um, it's it's paced really well. Mm-hmm. Everybody's on with their comedic timing. It's just, I think everyone's having a very good mm-hmm. day. <laughs> or a very good series of days. I love this episode. This is one of my favorite episodes. Mm-hmm. I have found a lot of things to pick apart, but that's because that's what I do. You know, yeah. I oh, no, no. always, every single thing I watch ever, I'm like, well, here's a thing that I'm not really too sure about. And certainly with <laughs> this, where it's like, well, we need to fill like an hour and a half of podcast time. I am going to find shit to talk about other than, oh, my God, I love this so much. But, oh, mm-hmm. my God, I love this so much. <laughs> it's a. I was a little worried coming into this recording because, honestly, I have a note that literally says, honestly, I don't know how I'm going to take notes on this. I could just keep quoting dialogue. I have a lot of dialogue quotes in my notes. I have, you know, like, and Logan, I think you're right. Like, it's the it's not problematic. There isn't, like, there's the willow and the gay stuff and the skanky, but other than that, it's mm-hmm. not... I'm not like, oh my god, it's so whatever. It's just, it's a, it's just really fun and well done. And kudos to Joss. We could argue. There, there's a mm-hmm. Vamp Willow sexually assaults or like yeah, harasses, know. you know, uh, Prime Willow. But, but is she's yeah. evil. She's an evil vampire, and I mean, she also does talk about the slavery in the the Wishverse. But it's such no, a it's, good line that <laughs> I'm going to let it go. It's like we have people yeah. in chains and we ride them like ponies. Yes. Um, and of course, there is inappropriate touching. Yeah. But <laughs> yes. You know what? Nothing is ever is ever going to be not problematic. There's always going to be some little problematic yes. thing. But this is a pretty good one. Mm-hmm. This is a great one. Xander, I didn't want him to shut up. Xander's great. I love I love that yeah. they bring Anya back and she's nope. not fully there yet. But I love Emma's expressive face. Like she has the most expressive, beautiful. Oh, she, she's face. so much I fun. Cordy's whole monologuing and her cocktail. Like I just mm-hmm. I really, yeah, this is A plus, A plus episode for me. Just yeah. we are not the only people who love this episode. This is a favorite of Sophia Crawford, Allie Hannigan, and Joss Whedon unsurprisingly for well i mean actually sophia crawford's a little surprising but you know yeah. she's allowed to have an opinion about what's a really good episode <clears throat> what? i mean but Allie is not well yeah it's her episode it's and it's a fun hilarious she has other episodes where she's really present but it's all the darker stuff you know what i mean like this is her like chance to be just so funny and cool and mm-hmm. wear a leather outfit and like be a badass but yeah. also be willow and be fuzzy and all the whole, she gets to do everything. Yeah, there. and also we 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 just haven't had a comedy yeah. episode for a while. It's been a while, like a straight comedy episode. Yeah, I mean, not that the, the show is humorless, but but this is a, a straight up comedy. I think the last one was the Zeppo, and we've already discussed we didn't like that one. So yeah, this is a comedy episode that we actually enjoyed. 
So, mm-hmm. uh, of trivia notes, I don't have any trivia other than <laughs> the band at the Bronze was Kay's Choice, and they performed Virgin State of Mind, which is one of my favorite songs that they played on Buffy. Uh, mine as well. I Again, go look. Yeah, it, it is on my regular shuffle list. Yeah, go, so. go Spotify Kay's Choice, y'all. It's good. They were really good. So we have letters, or I should say we have a letter. We've got mail. (laughs) We do have mail. So we got this over the website. It is from Emily slash Evan. I just want to say I love your podcast. Feels like sitting down with like-minded Buffy friends. I missed you when you were on hiatus, but I'm stoked to have you starting up again. I'm saving my pennies for your t-shirts. Thank you for being nerdy, queer-friendly people and sharing that with the world. My life has been fucked up in the last few years. More than normal, yay Saturn's return. (laughs) And this podcast has been a relief in so many ways. It's a safe place to be secretly queer while I figure that out. I'm a filmmaker, so I love the thoughtful and industry-informed analysis going through trauma recovery. So helpful to hear discussions and acknowledgement of the problematic Buffy shit. It's my go-to depression binge and the extended Lord of the Rings DVDs, but around the time your podcast started, I wasn't able to watch Buffy because of all of the triggering tropes and we'll just say assault stuff. Listening to the podcast helped me learn to control the PTSD symptoms more, exposure therapy, and not just feel like my whole world and identity were stolen by trauma. So thank you for existing and being who you are. Can't wait for the next episode. Grr. Arg. Oh my god! Um, wow! Thank you right now. I know. I'm, ver- I'm just like. I'm very impressed with us. Yeah. Oh, that's great. <laughs> I'm Emily really happy. Evan, you are awesome, and thank yes. you for such nice, nice words. We ah, oh, I yeah, I'm, I'm getting all verklempt here. Seriously. Yeah. yeah. Oh. Like this kind of message is like we don't hear from a lot of people, but like getting a message like this, it's like every bit of work we put into doing this, this makes it worth it to know that there's somebody who loves the podcast this much and that it helps them. We just wanted to have an excuse to talk to each other and talk about Buffy because we love Buffy. And so that it's actually helping you is just, we love you so much. Yeah. Like, that, that means a lot. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I, we each come from, really diverse backgrounds i think and mm-hmm. i th- and i think those experiences and and where we all come from i think add so much to the podcast um i have a lot of training in psychology and and social work and recovery and all that stuff and and claire creates claire and jan and everybody creates worlds and stories and you know logan is the most politically queer person i've ever met so and and David is the most amazing human being in a man shape that I know. So, um, uh, thank you. I think. Oh, it's a compliment. It, David is our little unicorn of, of of you know great guys. So uh, thank you. Thank yeah, you. thank you for that letter. I, you know, yeah. as as MC said, we we don't hear from people a lot. We don't get tons of feedback, but getting something like that is really special. And it does sound like you've been going through a very tough time lately. And I don't know, you know, if it's starting to get better yet. But just you know, hold hold tight because it will get better. You will be able to get through this. You're very strong. Just being able to reach out to a group of strangers, basically, and tell them what's been going on with you. Like that is 
true strength. And so, you know, that is one of the most brave letters I've, you know, feedback I think we've ever gotten or I've ever gotten anything else. And it's the fact that you were able to articulate it. It's just an amazing, amazing thing. So the fact that we've been able to help at all is just a good thing. And we're all, we're all looking at each other. We're all getting all nice and teary here. So you you touched us as much as we've touched you on an emotional level. Mm -hmm. And that's, that is so groovy. So thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Thank thank you you so much. Really. But yes, thank you so much for writing and please everyone else send us letters because we, we do love to hear from the people who listen to this podcast. It's nice not to be in a vacuum. One of the nicest things that anybody who appreciates art, writing, podcasts, any kind of creative thing is to actually get feedback to be told that what you're doing, that somebody actually is aware of what you're doing and that somebody actually likes it or they find it funny or, you know, they find it good or it's done something really nice for them. So, you know, just a general, if you like something, give, give your artists feedback because they always, always want it and they always, we, they always crave it. So <laughs> otherwise you feel like you're just, you know, screaming into the void so emily slash evan please keep us updated on how you doing and and you know yeah yes let us please know. don't be a stranger just be a stranger just be strange i like it so i think that brings us to the end of this episode um next time it's gonna be interesting because we'll be reviewing enemies i uh, hmm. sure we'll have things to say so until then, <laughs> it'll be different. It will be different. That yes. So until then, grr arg, grr arg, grr arg, grr arg. We'd like to thank everyone who downloaded the podcast, and an extra special thanks to everyone who shared, liked, and subscribed on social media. If you'd like your questions or comments read on the show, you can contact us on our website, returntothehellmouth.com, on YouTube, Tumblr, and Facebook at Return to the Hellmouth, on Twitter at Hellmouth Return, or on email at returntothehellmouth at gmail.com. We'll be sure to read your comments on the show. Be sure to rate our show at iTunes and Stitcher, and check out our show merchandise on TeePublic and Redbubble. See you on Tuesday. Grr. Arg.